0: Welcome to Was It Good? I'm your host, Ravi. And as always, I'm joined by my two brothers, Krishna and Arjuna. We are going to answer the biggest question in 2020. Why the hell would you go and waste your time and watch Tenant? And then we're also going to talk about Attack on Titan. And then we also have some news. See how much more natural that (laughs) sounds when he just says what he thinks he needs to say instead of reading it. <laughs> oh, man, it's almost like, wow, it's, it's almost, they're your words. It's almost like a podcast is <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people talking yeah,
1: and not and reading, reading not yeah. scripting it. Yeah. Well, you know, we're just a bunch of amateurs. It's not like anyone here works in podcasts. <laughs> nope. Or anything of that. Never nature. touched a
0: podcast in my life. Um, I've only ever done VODs from podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: not like we have done probably between a million. We have done at least collectively over two hundred podcast episodes across various. Podcasts. Are we not?
0: Are we not including professional ones?
1: No, that's all personal.
0: That's just personal
1: mm-hmm. podcasts.
0: I know. I mean, the ones that we've actually been in together. Yes, like actually, or like together. some kind of combination of us. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, uh, I mean, that's when insane. the human race is over, and all that is left for some fucked up reason are our podcasts. Oh. I feel very bad for that
1: future. I feel bad for like, I was listening to uh, some of our like 2018 podcasts because we started this podcast, wasn't good in February of 2018. You know what our first one was? Yes. Star Trek fucking Discovery. For was it good. Yes. Yeah. For was it Crazy. good. Yes. Yeah. And that was that's coming up to three years. So we'll be celebrating our three year anniversary of this podcast pretty soon.
0: When are are you guys gonna be doing discovery for this season? Even though you oh, binge yeah. it every uh, day. I've already got Julian signed on to be a guest. Wow. Jun June is gonna binge it all in a day and probably kind of. You should make it a four out. person and get Lumen on there too, because I feel like he has some hot takes. And then you would produce? Yeah, why not? You just have to push the buttons. Yeah, that sounds fun. But no camera or microphone on me. because well, I, that's going to be hard. Is, then it's 10 the people.
1: Producers seat.
0: Well, no, we would just have to, you know... Well, I'll sit over there. Well, we maybe.
1: would likely have Julian and Michael remote. We'd have to have two remotes, depending on... Oh, shoot. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyway, we'll, we'll see. we we'll figure getting, that we're out. We're
0: getting ahead of ourselves with the, the Star Trek Discovery. We're talking, like I said, attack on tie-in and Tenant. I know that the Tenant discussion between the three of us is going to be um, very heavy, and filled with a lot of expl- explicit expletives, whatever. I like, think we're fuck. gonna have more agreement than you think. No, 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 no. He's he's not, I think he agrees with that, but yeah. he's saying there's gonna be a lot of bashing going yeah. on. It's gonna be relatively bashing. negative. So let's, guys really before liked- we get into the tenant, let's get into Attack on Titan. Obviously, we are in the final season of this wonderful anime. Uh, we just finished, obviously, episode three. It was primarily, obviously, a flashback episode. Um... What do you guys think overall about the episode in terms of of what we saw, um, how it was presented, and then obviously kind of the potential reveal at the very end? Well,
1: so let's start with the end, right? Because we don't have a confirmation of who it was. But if you look at our – if you're watching us and you look at our thumbnail or if you're watching our stream and you see our our thumbnail in the back here – that the man in the middle who has the eye patch and the missing leg is what we assume to be uh, our protagonist, Aaron Yeager. And it's kind of exciting because, you know, these first three episodes have been very different. Uh, we followed a relatively uh, new amount of characters. Um, this episode was very flashback heavy, really focusing on Reiner, uh, actually showing us a lot of events that we'd already seen, um, sometimes from a different perspective, sometimes with some added context. And it kind of ended, and it, it, it kind of came back to present day and went with the current warrior group, right? It was really all about Reiner and his previous warrior group. And, and we, we came back to our, our current, our present within the show, whatever that means. And we were kind of transported to that warrior group and then kind of hitting our mysterious character being Aaron. And it feels like to me these first three episodes are all about perspective. Right? They're really trying to humanize the each side. And they've certainly that's been the fabric and the nature of this show. Is there's this war versus conflict, but people aren't necessarily black and white. Even though some characters, like Aaron, has always been like, they're the enemy, I'm gonna kill them, die, 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 die. But that's very much not the case because these characters are all uh are all very human and very monstrous because they're Titans.
0: What I what and I get humans. from the show, you're you're right on all those points. What I get from the show, and I, I can relate this almost directly to Tenet. The show is about the lack of information that our characters are dealing with uh, on both sides, right? With the Marlians, I'm um, I'm sorry, the Eldians, and then the Eldians living among the Marlians. They have a certain amount of information, and it's very obvious that it's very com- incomplete, if not. Uh, downright wrong, right? They're being told these things. They learn these things. They don't know what's right. They don't know their own history. Mm-hmm. Just, they've just they been told a lot of things that they take at face value at least some of the time. Um, so there's a lot of information and, and that works in the show because we as viewers come in, we don't know anything about this world. So we learn as our characters learn. And it's nice in a TV format. You know, you learn it nice and slowly. Uh, they use uh, liberal use of flashbacks and, in you know, inner thoughts. You can hear the characters thinking. Um, I loved this episode. I thought this was the best episode of season three because... Four. four. Yeah, season four. I'm sorry. I keep saying three. Uh, season four uh, and... The reason that I thought it was the best episode is because we get a little bit more information. We see events that we've seen very early in season one. And then are refer to a very important uh, events in season two and three. Uh, one of those, the one that sticks out the most is when uh, Berthold, Reiner, and Annie first arrive on Paradise Island. There's a fourth uh, Eldian with them. Uh, and he is eaten. Right? And and that Marcel, and you mean Marcel? Marcel. Right. Marcel is on Paradise Island with them. And Marcel is the one I who's his on. His name B. is Porco. Porco is his brother. He's his brother, who right? Is who on? Yeah, Eldian land. Marcel, Marcel uh, says in the episode, um, uh, he he talked up Reiner to protect his Porco. brother. I think is, <laughs> it, Porco. is it Porco Paco Porco 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 Porco. Probably incorrect.
1: But yeah, we're, we're no, probably no, we're, we are we are an incorrect podcast, and we strive to be as incorrect as possible. Yeah, but like
0: we we so we we've been told that story uh, from Ymir's perspective. Uh, we've been told that story even from uh, you know I think in flashbacks from Reiner and Berthold, mm-hmm. right? But we this time we we got to see a little bit. We got even more information it you right. know and we're four seasons in this very pivotal moment that happened at the very beginning of attack on Titan the very form, one of the very first events right whether we see it or or not uh, we get some more information more context which I think is very important we learn more a lot more about Annie mm-hmm. and we'll we'll get into that so uh, I thought it was the best episode because it, it brought in um all of this this context and backstory uh, so so speaking real quick on the Annie side mm. because that was That was the only thing about the episode. Yes. There's two scenes, maybe three scenes, that (laughs) felt kind of just thrown in there. Yeah. And maybe I'm missing something. So um, there's one point where there's an old man talking about how there was an attack at his farm, and he ran away, and he left three kids about the same age as them. Is it the three of them, Reiner... um, we told in Annie? Yeah. Are those the ones that he's telling the story to? Or yes. is that a memory? Those are another... So that right, that right there, obviously, is Reiner's memory from when right. he's on Paradise Island. Okay. And the story that he is telling them, it seems to me, is, you know, a, what happened to him, I think, a few months ago when Wall Mario was attacked. He's saying that... He ended he, up where he is right now when right. he's telling them. He left three kids about their age. His three kids yep. were about uh, their age on the farm. He abandoned them and ran away. And then following that, <clears throat> Bert, is it how do you say his name? Bertold Bert, yeah. says, hey, I keep remembering that story. And then the guy hangs himself. What? What's the,
1: I guess, what was the point of the show? Is it just to show the guilt that they're all feeling? Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, and that was—that's a big part of Reiner's arc, especially early in the show. Was the kind of split personality, right? He had kind of made this persona that really fit in and cared about the people he was around, especially like the fellow like Titan recruits, Mm. all that type of stuff. The line he
0: keeps repeating is, "They're all monsters."
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you know, but then he actually shows genuine (laughs) care for them,
0: and also learns that they're not. (laughs) He's seeing this. You're seeing this uh, display right. of guilt, right? In front Absolutely. Of-
1: so this this guy is just kind of the human manifestation of that, because Reiner and and you know Bertold and Annie are directly responsible for this man being put in the predicament where he abandoned his children. Gotcha. The man doesn't know that, but yeah. he obviously feels extreme guilt because he just abandoned them, his kids, to save
0: himself. And so- then the other other scene that again I'm not entirely sure what it means is there. We're in the sewer part of. One of the cities or the underground part. Yeah. Kenny is is there. Obviously, Kenny. Kenny Ackerman. You know, he, he is killed, obviously, come midpoint or whatever of season three. Yeah. Obviously, this is a flashback episode. Who is the girl? The girl claims to be the daughter of Kenny. <coughs> of Kenny. Um, any ideas on who that is? So, it's a blonde girl, and it looks like Annie, right? I mean, it, lo- it looks like Annie put on some glasses <clears throat> and had some moves like Annie would. Uh, and... The only thing I can think of is because I honestly I, I don't know who else that would be.
1: Is it Krista? Is it is it uh, Queen? Think, is it Queenie Lady? Uh, I mean, I think thematically for the episode it has to be Annie. You're right, and which raises the- some important. Well, it questions.
0: raises a ton of questions. Yeah. Like, is now, she related to the Ackermans? Well, 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 the other question is how the hell did she go from Paradise Island, right, being born on Paradise Island all the way back to the mainland, and then work her way up into the warrior class. Uh, for like how she goes from Paradise Island To the Marleyan country Back to Paradise Island Yeah That uh, part is More More is very Like yeah.
1: that uh, Because then I think we're going to get some answers Yeah I'm because, hoping Because I I was surprised <laughs> be. I was surprised how much Annie was featured Because it You know She's obviously like in stasis You know In the current timeline Yeah Or the last time we saw her. Yeah, so it makes me think that she's coming back in some way, shape, or form. Or maybe she already is back, right? Because as we learned at the end, Aaron... Is already in on the land. We don't know who else is there. Like, it can't just be him. No, there, you know, Mikasa must be around, and yeah, and some other characters, maybe um, uh, Armin and et cetera, et cetera. Probably all of them, right? Yeah, you would assume so. Like, it seems like it's some type of invasion potentially. Well, I mean, or, they, or they, they said, said at the very end of
0: season three, right, when they're at the sea, you know, he said, We're coming. Right, he
1: said, "We're gonna kill them all."
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he seems a bit more mellowed out. Yeah, though, he seems a he little. Lost his he, eye and his leg. Yeah, he, well, he let I his think head go. Because remember, the other thing though <laughs> is like, as a person who has Titan powers, they have the bu- the ability to regenerate right. body pieces. Yep. Um. So somehow he's figured a way to stop that. For whatever reason, maybe that's... To if it is Aaron. A, if it is Aaron. Yeah. Because obviously mean, he's... We, I mean, it we has do, to be, we, but we don't we know. We don't know 100% he's yeah. missing an eye. Right. It's just a bandage. He could be cover. Yeah. But we, it's very clear that he is missing um, the bottom half of his left leg. It has to be Aaron for the fact that he tells the kid, yeah, right? I hope you never become a titan yeah. because you're a good person. Right. And I hope you live a long life. Only someone with a titan power would be qualified to say something
1: like yep. that. And especially like if he you would si- even know, and if he's still like, I'm going to kill them all. He m- he might be happy that this kid's not a titan, so he doesn't have to kill him.
0: Oh yeah, this, there you go. Yeah, as well. Yeah. I just want to point out how much of a mind fuck it must be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's but, but but seriously consider this: you're uh, you're an Eldian, and you've grown up in this Marlean society where you're a lower class citizen, and your whole life has been geared toward training to look good in Marleyan society. Now they're going to put you on an island that is filled with the rest of your people. Now you're going to try and spend four years thinking of them as the enemy, but also knowing that your own people, right? Now you're going to go back to your country, realize that everything that they told you about your own people is wrong, but you still need to go integrate back into that. And now you're going to have the very, very same people who, are devils, but now you've also humanized in your mind, are going to start infiltrating the society that you were grown up in, right? The mind, fu- mindfuckery that's about to happen to Reiner, poor Reiner,
1: is going to be legendary. Now imagine some of them <laughs> are moving reverse in time. No! No, no, God, no. <laughs>
0: Before we get but, to that, wait, <laughs> which, that part... Which is a thing. That is a thing. We'll get to that in just a second. Let's ask, answer that question here. Uh, was Attack on Titan Season 4, Episode 3, good? Uh, it was good. And I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up uh, actually a comment that we got on YouTube. Sure. Um, so I'll probably just read it real quick. So Studio. Uh, this is from Samuel Edwards on YouTube. Studio MAPA has not deviated in any significant away from the source material, the source material being the manga. Uh, the reason um, that this comment was even made was because we were getting a little worried about how the show lines up with the manga. It seems like there's a lot of manga left to be told. We've been told there are only 16 more episodes left of Attack on Titan. Most of what has been cut from the show were a couple lines, expressions, etc. The main writer for the show has stayed the same as well. Um, This person believed that there were two writers, but the second writer was switched out. Um, As of now, the manga is still being written. So while 16 episodes have been announced so far, it is more likely that there will either be uh, another part with more episodes announced later, or MAPA will adapt the last section of the story into a film. Attack on Titan has consistently had to deal with TV content restrictions on gore, so making the last part of the story into film would be a wise move. That would uh, be kind of cool. Yeah. So regardless, confidence in MAPPA after seeing these initial episodes... Uh, uh, is that they will respect the phenomenal final arcs of the manga?
1: Especially like it doesn't seem like we're gonna have a satisfying conclusion in thirteen episodes, right? Thirteen yeah, more episodes, definitely no. So, so I honestly think depending on how, what their end game is, right? Is it <laughs> is it the two? Is it the two facing off of each other? Is it all the Titans coming together to kill everyone? Like who knows? No, I some honestly, w- what's cool about the show is you can't, you know, unlike <clears throat> some other shows. Like the Mandalorian, you can't predict how this is going to end, right? You, there's no clear mapping of like it's going to go X, Y, or Z. Or well, we there's, there's excuse there's, me, how dare you?
0: I really am not wrong though. I really <laughs> season three of Mandalorian, we have no idea what's coming. I, yeah, I'm
1: just <laughs> saying season two was very predictable. Sure,
0: I would really enjoy it if it ends and there's another wall. <laughs> <laughs> what in the middle? No, so the first season was oh, about well, breaching saying. the walls and then repairing the walls and then. Re- 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 Finding out that they're on an island, which in itself is another type of wall, and then you're on another place, and there are more walls. But then, when you go kind of beyond that, you just there's this big ass wall thing of this closed like, earth, and then beyond that is aliens, and it's just all a fucking simulation. Kind crazy of like shit. the marble scene from Men in Black. Yeah, like when you're in the earth, yep. Instead of a galaxy, instead of a universe, which is actually just a marble being yep. flicked by an alien. Yep. Yeah. I step. think that's the only way to end it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think I'm gonna also say yes, it was good. Yeah. It's great. It was great. It was really good. I'm gonna
1: good. say it was fantastic. And yes I, or no, Gina? I, I think the reason is why we, we liked it
0: so much is because we got we saw old
1: school Attack on Titans.
0: Yeah. First two two episode seasons like I don't even know if it was like footage from those two seasons, I don't but think the animation so. it, looked it,
1: great. It seemed like the animation was slightly redone for the new style. Love it. Which I thought was kind of cool. Worked, it
0: worked it so well.
1: Like, style you know, wise, exactly, it, yeah. it's felt
0: very still Attack on Titan. It doesn't Absolutely. feel like it's just And I, I kinda like that they're approaching the story a little bit differently, where it's time jump and then it's through the perspective of uh the enemy,
1: essentially. And so. and the show's a slow down, which is funny right you think when you get into the last season of a show everything's sped up and you're trying to speak you know game of thrones season eight right like it was a lot going on in each episode and this is like it's been slowed down and we obviously talked about our concerns about it last week but on the flip side it's kind of nice it's it's your last hoorah with these these characters and this place right right so it is it's kind of nice that you kind of get that exposition in some ways i agree
0: Moving into an area that isn't nice, <clears throat> Christopher Nolan, um, an interesting individual, finally got his film out everywhere. <laughs> Movie theaters, digital release, ripped off the internet. Actually, speaking of that, I saw a really funny comment about Tenant, where it was saying Tenant is so bad. Or it starts out with, I just ripped Tenet. It's so bad it feels like a ripoff. Well, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny because yeah. they obviously ripped the movie. Um, but we had the wonderful pleasure of watching the newest Christopher Nolan film uh, just yesterday, actually, on a Sunday.
1: On a Tuesday.
0: On a Sunday. Oh, what? Um, I'd like to try something that we've done and we usually do for uh, Mandalorian and then for films that we actually care about dedicating an entire pod to. Uh, one word impression. For Tenet? For Tenet. Oh. Okay. One word I'm just right on the spot. Whatever is the first word that comes to mind. Don't think about it. Yep. Just do it when I point Got at it. you. Ready, Arjuna. One word impression. Ten. Go. Time. Okay. Krishna. Exposition. Okay. Ravi. Pompous. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We so have uh,
1: pompous time exposition.
0: <laughs> there we go. Pompous time exposition. Actually you pompous like ass. <laughs>
1: um.
0: I. I, I, I there's I don't know where to start on this rage hating. I think we should just start discussion. from the beginning, Ravi. No, which part is on. the beginning? T- well, the, our beginning, our origin story. Oh. It all started in 1980s. I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> when the, after 40 minutes, we had to pause the movie, yep. and Ravi said, it's just, "Christopher Nolan is a pompous ass." What in the first 40 minutes made you think that? So I I was talking this a little bit before we started uh, taping the pod, and I've said this to I think both of you and a couple of people is. The problem I have with Tenant, it started uh, early on, maybe around June or July. I think is when the rumors and discussions start picking up, where it looked like the world was not going back to any kind of norm anytime soon. Still isn't, as of taping of this pod. And Christopher Nolan was at the forefront of open up the movie theaters. We need the theaters open. My film Tenant can be the headliner to bring people back to the theater, mm-hmm. and. When that started, that's when my dislike for the film started. I And I've admitted this, and and you guys know this very well, when there's something in a movie or TV show I don't like, I have a very difficult time separating that bad taste to my actual viewing experience. And I tried very hard during the first part of Tenant to be like, okay, forget Nolan. Let's just go into this. Um, We have, um, is it John David? John David Washington. Major John David Washington. He did great in um, The Klansman. He's a great actor. I was like, let's just go and enjoy this. This is stuff I love. Time travel, science, sci-fi. I'll, let's just go in blind and enjoy it. Or try to. And I couldn't. I just could not get over. How, I think the, the big part is it's just so much information being thrown at you. It's being thrown at you in not a smart way. It's just being thrown at you for the sake of throwing it at you. To get the information. To out. get the information that it, it brought back up all this, this taste I have for Nolan and what he's been pushing and doing. And then once that started, it was just a spiral. I just could not... I couldn't get into it. I just couldn't care. Um, the twist at the end saw that probably around halfway through the film. Mm-hmm. When that was revealed, it was big whoop de who gives a fuck Right. Like, cool the time war thing power rangers time force did a better fucking job in my opinion yeah. <laughs> we're sharing time battles and whatever the
1: fuck that was
0: yeah um yeah it was just it was just
1: well, i don't a know a lot of the movie i would say is definitely nonsensical it's just it's just like yeah we're having a war just because, so, <laughs> so I, I w- I'm those
0: people who you know goes back on YouTube to look up what the fuck did this movie mean? Yeah, of course. Um, and I so I actually do think there is a, a sensical movie in there, <laughs> but you need a 20 minute YouTube video to make sense of it. Donnie kinda Darko. Like, kind I was just gonna say, <laughs> just like you need the director's cut to understand Donnie Darko. Yeah. Sure. Donnie Darko is still a great movie. a great movie without it, <laughs> yeah. even if it makes no sense. This movie. Was just, first of all, from the 20 minute mark to I think the hour and a half mark, it's just kind of boring. You It's just John David Washington talking to about four people in a row <laughs> and each of them sending him on a quest to talk to another person.
1: A different yeah. big name actor who got a, a small yeah, five, a five at to least, ten minute scene. At, <laughs> at least the Michael Caine. Michael, like, yeah. Michael Caine in there
0: just, for the sh- just because it's Nolan mine, it's and Michael Caine have worked just because. What was Nolan, the point? Yeah.
1: But I mean, that's Christopher Nolan, right? Every actor in this movie he's worked with before. Kenneth Branagh he worked with in Dunkirk. The CIA operative he worked with in Insomnia. The, the boss who wakes him up off the boat. and's like, we reconstructed your face. He's oh, like, he's right. like the co-lead for an insomnia with Al Pacino. I'm surprised Al Pacino didn't show up. Uh, Michael Caine, same thing. Um, Robert Pattinson has never worked with. No, I think he hasn't this is worked. the first time. He's, the first things, time, but so. he'll show up again. Same thing with John
0: David Washington Jr. You know.
1: <laughs> Which uh, you know, we have talked a lot about negative. I do want to say John David Washington did do a, a good job. He's the only
0: part of the film that kept me interested
1: yep. because of how.
0: I mean, this is no knock at him, but you got Denzel Washington vibes, yeah. and I'm a huge, I love Denzel Washington. I think it's Fantastic. okay that you get, you know, not exactly Denzel Washington, you get, you know, his son, but he did such an amazing job where that he was the only part that kept me in somewhat interested to be like, okay, this is cool. And if I am going to ever go back and watch the film and this is probably months, maybe years down the road to be honest, sure. it's because I like him as an actor and I like yep. what he does. Beyond that, I have no re like. There's no desire in me to go and watch a YouTube video that explains it. Mm -hmm. I have no desire to sit with like nerdy nerdy friends and discuss. Like, I just don't care.
1: I thought I thought he did a great job with probably the worst script Nolan has ever put out for a movie he's made. Uh, I thought Uh, he I thought he did I thought the dialogue wasn't very good. Like we talked about, you know, obviously we've done Mandalorian recently, right? And I think some of the first episodes are like this dialogue is bad and some of the dialogue in this movie was bad you know what i'm saying it was just exposition dumps um the sound mixing obviously nolan has always been criticized for his sound mixing for various reasons um the, uh, the one movie that he probably got as criticized for was interstellar but you can explain that off because it's a movie that takes place in space and space has weird sound shit (laughs) <laughs> this movie well it has no sound exactly but you know what i'm saying right like yeah. there's there's obviously space and there's no sound and whatever and whatever at least i could still follow along with that movie what i disliked about this movie with the exposition dumps is you needed it and you didn't need it because at the at the core of it when you get to the end of the movie you're like okay it's really simple like good guys stop terrorists time is involved with it and they win Cool. Like it's it's honestly a simple movie if you break it down to what it is. But then you just have all of this extra exposition shit in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Which tries to like elevate it and make it more complicated than it necessarily needs to be. And uh it makes it less fun.
0: So I, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you guys a little bit. Um okay. I thought John David Washington was fine, just like everything else in the movie. Um and the, the script was bad, and I didn't care about a single character in the movie, not even John David Washington. Here's why because we don't learn anything about him. <laughs> His
1: name is protagonist.
0: His name is protagonist. We don't know why the hell he's interested in saving the world. We, because he is tenant. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. There was no, there was no, there was no, at least movies like Interstellar, uh, Interception, Interception? Interception. Um, <laughs> Memento. Is that a
1: football movie?
0: Dunkirk, all of other Christopher Chris uh, Nolan's movies. Name the best one, The Prestige. The Prestige, yeah, absolutely. even The Prestige. All of these movies have uh, main characters that you feel something for and you can understand why they're doing what they're doing. John David Washington as the protagonist, I didn't know what he, why he was doing what he was doing. <laughs> he wanted to save the world, right? Well, well, also, we don't, also the well, woman. Okay, I mean, what was the, what was the personal connection? What, what, that was not. Do you know why he, he started in this whole thing? Because he was left for dead, given a fake suicide pill, and then somebody said to him, tenant. And then that set him off on this quest. That was it. That's, that is the literal starting point of his whole thing was he took a fake suicide pill, woke up, got some new teeth, and then
1: some jackass said, tenant. Well, so I did do a little research into this. So the the guy who says "tenant" to him is his his boss, the CIA boss, and the opera house actually does connect to the plot. It's very it, it's hard to follow along, but what there's the the artifact that they have at the opera house is the same ninth piece of the algorithm that Kenneth Branagh's character. Is going for so it right. it connects back and I don't know it's but it's does, never, he, does he does it's never who presented
0: knows? who the fuck if knows? the protagonist knows, <laughs> knows that because he does when he's doing that mission
1: to get the he artifact doesn't know shit. he
0: doesn't know anything yeah, yeah. and it's Just like never
1: made clear yeah like or does he know because time and what I'm gonna go read the fucking visual encyclopedia
0: yeah. play yeah. some yeah. Star Wars bullshit so I mean uh, the the movie has some cool elements like I said though you have to look them up. Like yeah. the whole, the whole thing's a palindrome, which is whatever you spell one way or, you know, flows one way, flows the other way. And there's like, uh, does that include a, the dialogue? So if I put the movie in reverse, that would be awesome. I yeah. think part I believe, I, be, I, be, yeah, I believe some of the parts, especially like the, well, yeah, when they're the in the tunnels sure. That type but of I, like, I mean, like if I was to take this movie and put it in reverse, am I going to get another movie? Because if that's the case, I will eat everything I just said. And be like, okay, maybe there's like something. Interesting. I, I doubt it. I, I kind of doubt, doubt it too. Yeah. But, 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 here's the thing. Saving though, Grace. But here's the thing. I, I actually, the movie is bad. I was bored. Uh, the only thing that held my interest, I think, were the action scenes, which were, you know, top notch. I, I don't know. Like, the one action scene that I remember, because I was getting very fidgety, the scene where they break into the um, truck, and they've got the four vehicles squishing it. Yeah. That felt, it just took way too long. Like, mm. we get what you're sure. doing, just hurry, just get, up fl- hurry like, it up. You're bored. You're bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The shot I compared to where he did a good job which was somewhat similar was in Dark Knight when they're transporting um Joker, not Joker. It's when they're transporting Harvey Dent, and Joker oh, goes right. and yeah. Joker goes to attack. But them. that's
1: way longer.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that one to me felt better and it made it more. It felt sense. shorter. It felt shorter to him, even though it was longer. Yeah. But this entire sequence, they just did it, and that's why I use the word pompous. They just did it because Nolan loves practical effects. And whatever Nolan wants, Nolan gets. Nolan wants to take a fucking... I mean, he's a director. boeing <laughs> gigantic ice plane, throw it through a hanger for the shits and
1: giggles. That's what he gets. The point of being a director is to get what you want.
0: I mean, so, that's just So there's
1: been an interesting... Uh, people have brought up... And this actually started, I think, a few weeks ago when Tom Hardy was like, yeah, when I was being Bane, I channeled Christopher Nolan. It's the villain. <laughs> Because uh, he's like, Yeah, I really saw a lot of Christopher Nolan in Bane. So now people have been going back through all these Christopher Nolan movies and being like, Wait a second. Is Christopher Nolan just the antagonist in all of his movies? And some people are very convinced that the Kenneth Branagh um, Russian character is just Christopher Nolan. Well, I mean, that. <laughs> in all terms, right? In the actually ego, makes a lot of sense. in like, if, if I have, especially with the like, if I die, everyone has to die, like specifically with the movie theater thing. Yeah. So people were like, "Oh, it's the
0: same thing." I mean, Christopher Nolan has been. We even said we. Actually, that's so funny because a few episodes ago, maybe a month or two ago, we even said Christopher Nolan is literally pushing for things that his villains want, like the message of Interstellar, for instance.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's
0: about pushing this. for the opposite of that message. He's he's almost pulling like a,
1: a Matt Damon does. Or he he have a Reiner
0: type thing going on where no, Reiner no, no. has like multiple. No, Reiner's cool.
1: He has a Harvey Dent thing. He. You either die a hero <laughs> or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
0: He's, Christopher Nolan living now out his has lived long enough Where he's to become, become the villain. He's convinced now that Christopher Nolan, the movie, it's going to be his greatest project. And it's happening in real life. Where One of the big reasons Nolan was pushing <laughs> for this film to be out in theaters, I believe, and this is put your tinfoil hats on, kids. I believe is he was pushing for it because he knew once he saw the final cut, he knew that he was going to lose money because of how poor this film is, just in general. I,
1: I actually don't think so. I think most people, I think a lot of people like this movie. It a seventy-one. Uh, I, I think. I think the the panel here is mostly in the minority in terms of the. Well, we are minorities, general, Arjuna. General consensus, and and let's be honest, right? Yeah. I, I think you said it right at the top correctly. Our perception of this movie changed on a dime in the summer. Yeah. yeah. With the pandemic. Before this, this was the movie all three of us, unanimously at this table, were very excited to see in 2020. Yeah. The trailers were amazing. It was Christopher Nolan. We were excited to see John David Washington. It looked wonky. It looked crazy. Um, and, and there was just a lot of excitement to it. And obviously, I think that got completely dulled with the pandemic with kind of what christopher nolan did we've said a lot of like negative things but i actually didn't hate this movie i don't think it's a perfect movie or necessarily a very well done movie and it's certainly below the nolan standard but i i don't think it's like horseshit you know what i mean i don't think it's like a sky captain in the world of tomorrow no. i don't think it's like a that star bad. trek discovery season one we want to go all the way back to our, our first episode was Origins <laughs> Origin uh and, and I just kind of what I honestly wish is I think the movie's too long. I think two and a half hours for this type of movie is too long. I wish he kind of simplified the ideas. Like what makes what makes a Christopher Nolan movie so well done is there are complex ideas, right? Memento, uh Inception, Interstellar. But he ha- he had this you know, in these previous movies, he had he had this way about him where he was able to simplify them. Right? He also
0: let the human emotion drive those movies. Yeah. Where in this movie it's just concept driving it. Yeah. The whole movie is just the concept of going forward in time and simultaneously moving backwards in time. That was what drove the movie, which is why at least I didn't connect with it emotionally. Yeah. You know, I, like I said, I didn't care about any of the main characters. Um uh, and like you said, Christian was at his best when he combines those and Using human emotion to drive it, at the end of the day, simplifies complex things immediately. Because, let's be honest, humans are simple people. They want one thing. I want to destroy the world. I want to be rich. I want to fuck. You know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I uh, want to be rich. Uh, did I say that already? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay, so yeah. <laughs> so do you, I, I want to solve my long-term memory problems. Do you think you guys would have enjoyed the film more if you had seen it in theaters? I, I actually do, I, uh, I do think I and would. what have. I d- I mean... To clarify too, is like we would still have the previous knowledge of what he was saying around pandemic. (laughs) It would be more that, let's say he got his wish and that it was never released digital. They would do like a second re-release in theaters and your first time seeing it. Do you think it would have been more impactful? Because obviously, and I think this is one of those interesting things where we're now, especially in 2021, we are entering the age where we have the option to see a movie in theater or on digital. And I think the most interesting change there is when you go to the movie theater to watch a Nolan or Wonder Woman or whatever, you're in the theater for X amount of time. You can't pause it. You can't get anyone else's opinion on it. You can't tweet. You can't text. While with us yesterday, we stopped, what, two times because of work? and Because of work. Stuff, yeah. um, which I think does change the experience. Probably makes it worse, to be honest. I mean, it's when you're also like, you know, watching it with, you know, your parents that keep asking questions, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I think I, I'm wondering, though, like, would the experience been better or about the same in terms of it been caring be- about the film? I would have been better. And here's why. And this is why I hope movie theaters don't go away. When you're in a movie theater. That's what you're focused on. It's the only thing you can focus on. You're in a comfortable chair. Well, for the most part, right? Uh, assuming you have a good movie theater experience. <laughs> dairy
1: New Hampshire um, is not comfortable.
0: Yeah. You, you, you're, in a, you're in a dark thing. You only have this giant screen and amazing sound to focus on. Yeah, you might have some food and stuff, but you don't have to worry about, like, for instance, I was sitting on the floor, and there's like, a little bit of a glare on the screen, mm-hmm. like, yeah. the whole time, you know? Those are little things like that where that probably stopped me from immersing my full consciousness into the movie right like right. the movie theater experience nothing no home home viewing experience can rival that of a movie theater experience so in my opinion it would have been better now well that you, doesn't solve the issues yeah. of the movie though. no of course not i would have enjoyed it more but that doesn't make it a yeah. good movie still
1: yeah. and like as much as we get on Christopher Nolan about what he did obviously this summer and pushing for the movie this is a movie that would be exponentially better in the theater. I yeah. think so. But that's why they should have delayed it till 2021. Right. That's another, Just another delay. Debate. That's another, that's another debate. One thing I do want to bring up, um, that I think we talked about before the podcast was, uh, his collaboration with his brother, Jonathan Nolan, uh, him and Jonathan have worked on a ton of their movies together. Memento, for example, um, is based off of a short story written by Jonathan Nolan. Um, you know the Prestige, all the bat the Batman trilogy, um, in- Interstellar were all co written with Jonathan Nolan. This is the third big Nolan blockbuster he's worked on without Jonathan. Was Dunkirk another one? Dunkirk, yep, and Inception were the other two. In okay, that makes that makes a
0: lot of sense because those two. I mean, Inception is definitely I think better it in is. terms of the emotion to the concept. Yeah. Dunkirk. Definitely, I think, suffers from a little bit lackluster in terms of emotion. And that one, you, again, you're running around from, th- was it three different perspectives? Um, that one, I mean, Dunkirk's not one uh, of yeah. my favorites. I, I
1: think Krishna nailed it when he said it's about the process over the characters. Because all, all three of those movies are, the big thing is the process. Inception is the about concept, yeah. right? the concept. Sorry. The concept, right? Going into the dreams. That's the big thing. <clears throat> now, if I did a good job humanizing those characters. Well, um,
0: well, Leo, actually. Leo's the only one. Everyone else is like a dream figure. You know, Ellen nothing Page. to them. Was, is it in, uh, inter, inter Inception? Yes. I, f- I forget that. Wait, who? Again. Ellen Page. Yeah. Uh, but, but she's, she's a perfect example. Outside of Leonardo DiCaprio, everyone else is a cardboard box.
1: But that might be intentional. Because I, everyone I think might it, be a it dream. Might, it might be Or, or it could be true. shitty dirty. Or directing. that's a scapegoat. <laughs> a scapegoat. <laughs> that's a scapegoat. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Hardy. Tom Hardy's also
0: in in that film yeah. too. You've yeah. got yeah. to Gordon, dream a little Gordon, bigger bit. Joseph Gordon, love it. That guy.
1: Michael Caine. Oh yeah, he
0: is in that. Gordon Levitt, Hewitt. Gordon Levitt,
1: Hewitt. Yeah, that's not his name at all. Uh, And then Dunkirk. Yeah, I think Dunkirk is all about the concept of like the three stories going on at the same time, told in different time. Yeah, once three hours, three days, three minutes, whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah. three, three, three. It's a
0: cool concept. I. I, It's a
1: cool concept. But like Dunkirk is good, but I wouldn't say. And no one's going to be like Dunkirk is the best Nolan movie. In Mm. fact, it's probably one of the more forgettable Nolan movies. It's intense. It's very Honestly, intense. the best thing about Dunkirk is was it's just like an hour and a half, two hours of like my heart is pounding, and I yeah. think I'm going to have a heart attack the whole right. time. The anxiety is yeah. basically yeah. a panic attack, right. really.
0: Right. And uh, sorry, it's that Elliot Page. Oh, that's he right. was in yes. uh, Inception. Now, Page. Thank you for the reminder. So okay, sorry. I think it's time we um, ask that big question. Oof, this one's going to be tough. Are you ready?
1: Oh, Ooh, rumors, are, rumors are circulating oh. Oh, yeah, that there
0: is a... Uh, Sequel. <laughs> Wait, uh, uh Christopher Nolan is doing a sequel? Potentially. It's rumors right now. There's there's
1: no hard the, nothing from a studio, nothing from it's, a producer setting. It's, it's mostly perpetuated rumors. by John David Washington. Yeah. So John so John has done a lot of uh media for Tenet and he feels like the way that the movie ends, specifically with the relationship between uh his character and Robert Pattinson's character, sets itself up nicely. For a sequel to answer some of these lingering questions of, well, why the hell does he care?
0: Robert Pattinson does say right at the end, yes. right before he goes off to die. Yep, uh, you're only halfway through.
1: No, this is just the beginning of our friendship. Oh, no, and then he
0: says he's, we. No, but he has another line where he's right. like, "You're you're only halfway through."
1: Yeah, which actually is a direct line yep. for a sequel.
0: Which I mean, can 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 a sequel do what? Clone Wars did for Episode Two of Star Wars. I mean, potentially, potentially. I've not seen. You, we're talking about a five-hour movie, then. That means you've <laughs> got to watch one and then two together, which is, might be okay. Well, I don't uh, know.
1: depending on the, the how the movie works, right? The <laughs> metrics of the work. Potentially, they have actually already filmed this movie years ago. and it will be coming to us in the future in Reversal. Oh, my God. (laughs) Again, again... palindrome. Again, I I go
0: back to like where where I've heard, oh, you need to watch the movie again to appreciate it. Yeah. You just don't want to. It's not just that. If you can't get me interested in the first first viewing, why am I going to put more... Like, It's not on me. It's on you as a director. Yeah. If you have to make a sequel for this to make sense or for me to care... You messed, messed just, up on
1: this one. You messed up. Yeah. You're all you're trying all you're doing at that point is you're just being greedy. Uh we talked about it before we started recording the podcast, but a movie like the prestige. Um perfect. Uh, it's <laughs> yes. First up first of all, perfect. But greatly elevated. It's a fantastic first viewing, right? It's yeah. a fantastic movie when you're watching it and you have to twist and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then on subsequent viewings, it's even stronger because yes. you you have this context, you have this info. And you, you can see, look for the s- clues. You see the clues, you see the Easter eggs, but it doesn't need a second viewing to still be good. Right. A a movie that needs a second or third viewing to be good, uh, I, I think by definition is not a good movie.
0: I don't know. I don't know if that's true because there are a few movies to me that weren't good the first time and now I absolutely love them. Step Brothers being, I think the one that comes to mind immediately. Step Brothers to me, when you didn't I first like saw Step Brothers the I first thought, time, I thought it was dog shit. I thought I left the theater being like, I just spent fifteen dollars on this. What? Up? I was like, this is Will Ferrell's worst performance. Uh, I was like, I didn't. I was like, the humor is so stupid. Yeah, I didn't laugh once. Right now, it's like my most beloved Will Ferrell movie. There is. I think that's because you have to pay money for it, and that's why. Like, I, I paid money for this. I have a general rule. <laughs> that's why of you I, don't like it. I have a general. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> why I have to watch it again. I have a general rule of not going to a theater and paying money for comedies because of that problem. Where comedies to me, they can be they can be viewed at home, at home on the small screen. For sure. This type of movie, you know, I, I was would have before everything been willing to go and pay X, Y, T- Z, top whatever. dollar. Yeah, you know, I mean, the original plan was to go see it at I think. AMC well, the AMC at um Universal City Walk because they have one of the only IMAX 70 um um 70 mm uh film. Yeah. Like I was going to pay for that because you know I thought it was worth it, but now obviously seeing on the small screen if there's a pandemic or pandemic if there's a <laughs> vaccine or if once the vaccines fully operational and the pandemic <laughs> is squashed and let's say they do a re-release I probably would not bother to go see it. Yeah, no. But uh, unless I could go to the theater and talk through the whole thing and ruin the experience for everybody, I, I think
1: I would go see it in theaters in two years when the theaters uh, we can find a theater. First of all, if it still exists, and over it's under open. all theaters if they re release it in theaters, uh, if they still exist, like, yeah, if yes. they re release it in theaters and movie theaters are still you're able to go to one and maybe actually afford it. It's not a hundred dollars a ticket because of inflation. That would be fascinating. If like, let's say in 2022, the world's,
0: you know, normal, whatever that looks like. And a theater, like during the summer is like, you know what? The month of June is going to be 2020. Every movie that was supposed to come out in 2020, we're
1: re-releasing. Yeah, That'd be kind of (laughs) fun. I I bet they would make a a good amount of money if they like re-released a Tenant, a Wonder Woman at 1984. Yeah. Um, a star wars movie um, want some of the marvel movies that um would maybe get released in theater but not get the same numbers as they would if it's still pandemic time yeah, yeah.
0: i am gonna watch it again because i don't mind having to work for uh you know to, to get a good experience right and if I, i'm not convinced that the movie is bad like uh, you know maybe there are some things that just went over our heads and upon subsequent viewing you're like wait a second I didn't see that before. This connects everything together. And that's happened a few times, right? Mm-hmm. There are a few movies that are like that. And if anyone, you know, uh, could do that, it's Christopher Nolan. Absolutely. We've seen it in several of his other movies. So I am going to watch it again. Um, Mostly because you bought it. Uh,
1: but the <laughs> yeah. number one reason <laughs> being I spent, spent $19.99, <laughs> yeah.
0: and I got to get my money's worth. You're right. I, you're I am right. my father's so, son. So Christian. <clears throat> yeah. Is or excuse me, was tenant good? No, it wasn't it wasn't good. But <laughs> in your I'm first first viewing experience, I'm not convinced that it is absolutely not good, if that makes sense. I mean, uh, we deal it in absolute might, might be good, but uh if I have to work for for it to get there, yeah, it's worth it because I spent twenty dollars on it. Yeah, well, there we go then. Yeah. Juno was tenant good? And I like Chris Vanolan. Uh his movies, I mean.
1: Yeah, we don't like him as a person anymore.
0: I, I might. I saw him come out of Blaze Pizza with his kids. I have a personal connection with him. You saw him come out of where? Blaze Pizza in uh, Hollywood. I was just walking Man's past Man's like a multi millionaire and he goes to Blaze's Pizza. That's why he's a multi millionaire. Wow, he's he's one of us, clearly. <laughs> he's one of the people. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Wait, <laughs> but you second. know, go to, now, go, now, go, now, to go to the theater. Go so to the theater. Support him so he can be like us. Like so
1: he can buy his Blaze Pizza. Yeah,
0: Blaze Pizza? Oh, Juno. He probably went there because he thought it was the one that LeBron James owns. Uh, he owns the He whole doesn't company, seem like a basketball he? fan.
1: Too. I don't know what he's his deal He's a cricket, is with... water
0: polo, and horse racing.
1: Oh, and uh, human uh, death. <laughs> death <laughs> machine. <laughs> oh, Hunger Games? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a Hunger Games fan? I heard he's going to direct the new Hunger Games. Also, Christopher Nolan did recently say one of his favorite film franchises is the Fast and Furious franchise. Fun uh, fact. I haven't seen them, but they look fun. You've seen Hobbs and Shaw, right? Yeah. And I, I heard
0: that was one of the weaker ones. which Part of which, the, whole,
1: the whole franchise. Which part of the course. You uh, know, was Tenet good? Do it. It's tough. Do it. It's tough. Do, Do it. it.
0: Do it and see what happens. i say,
1: I'm going to, you know, I wanted to say yes. I, I felt like I was going to say yes when we started this podcast. Wow. It was probably one of the better movies I've seen this year, but that's not saying a lot for 2020. <laughs> like, it just hasn't been a great year for film. Right. Um, Understandably. And I, I mean, I don't think I've seen a lot of the, the really, truly great films of 2020 either, just because of the state of cinema and not, you know, having the accessibility that you necessarily have. But, uh, I think that the central question to me comes back to, if you need a movie, it's a movie that makes you think, right? And for all the negativity we've seen said about Nolan, especially with this movie, it is a movie, at least for me, that makes, made me think afterwards and stayed with me. Um, but if I need multiple viewings to think it's truly good, I can't say on my initial viewing then it is good. Maybe one day it becomes good. Right. But as of right now, it is not a good movie. Yeah. No. Ravi, was uh, Tenet bad? you just said it was good. Wow, we we just got (laughs) him. We 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 just got him. We just got him. him. Uh, No, it was
0: terrible. Uh, Did not like it. I was fidgety and annoyed most of the time viewing it. Uh, Like I said at the top, if I have to work that hard to like something, it's you lazy motherfucker. It's not worth my time. There's other things I can go enjoy out there. Maybe, maybe this is maybe 2020. The pandemic is really taught. Taught me that maybe I don't need to rely solely on American-made content. There is other content out there. Sure. Dark did an amazing job wrapping up you this had year. To, you had to work for Dark. There are there are things that Dark, you are willing to work for. Sure. It's just that it's just the so we're gonna rephrase what you said because it makes it sound like a lazy ass. I am a lazy. No, ass. No, no, no. You <laughs> are willing to work for something. Uh, that's for good. something, <laughs> right. if you like it, if it's enjoyable. Yeah. I don't want to work for, no for, for something where it's Robert, where it's just bad. Where's Robert yeah. Patterson saying, "Hey, I'm." the twist, and, you know, we kind of made that obvious halfway through the film. By the way, real quick, what do we think of his acting? Because he is going to be playing Batman. He did a good I job. He, I did a he did a great job. job. He was convincing. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. um, the vampire character. He so wasn't was Twilight. Pretty.
1: Actually, if you see him in, in anything outside of Twilight, he's good. He's actually pretty He's actually good. a good actor. It, uh, good times. Twilight's just terrible.
0: Good, I highly, highly recommend everyone here see Good Times.
1: Which one <laughs> is that? It's, uh,
0: it's directed by the same guy who did... Um, uh someone fill the time real quick. Uh good time. Hello. Uh, My name is Archie <laughs> I'm here to fill the time. Uh yeah, it's 2017. It's a crime thriller. And it was directed by two people. Uh Benny Safty and Josh Safty.
1: Oh yes, the Safty brothers. I uh,
0: don't know the Safty brothers, but they but he's he's just he's fun, he's fantastic in it. Um the, uh, the guy who says, look at me. I'm the captain now. He's in it. What? Cool. Really? Barkhad Abdi. Abdi uh, yeah, All right. Abdi. We'll check that one so out. Definitely highly recommend his best acting. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of Robert Pattinson. I can't say I'm a fan, but um, after seeing Good Times, shout out to Alex, by the way, who made me watch it. Uh, uh, you guys don't know. Her, ah, it's, but an it's, A20,
1: it's an A24 movie.
0: Yeah. A24 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 seeing him in good times and now in this, I think he'll be a really good, good Batman. Batman. I think he'll nice. be great. That's good. Uh, he'll be he'll be a little bit different too.
1: One one last thing I want to bring up with specifically Christopher Nolan. Uh you he, don't like his haircut? No. He's he's no, he's been universally praised as like one of the, <laughs> the golden directors of our generation. Don't right? say Juno. And he's hit many he is. Right, and he's hit and he's had many great hits. Yes. But ninety percent of them. Is he now potentially with no. Tenet with Dunkirk, you know, good but not great movies, at least universally considered. Is he starting to see a little bit of a the natural downturn I think. I think
0: what we call that Arjun for film directors in Hollywood specifically is the Spielberg. No, it's yeah. called the M. Night
1: Shyamalan phase. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say.
0: Spielberg, had, same thing happened to Spielberg. Yes, Spielberg absolutely. hasn't made a good movie since
1: 99? 2000? I mean, his 90s hits, don't get me wrong, he has a gr- lot of great hits in the 90s. God, he could he really... not miss
0: just like Will Smith in the 2000s. Couldn't
1: miss. Well, and the now, the look yeah. now look at him. Now look at him. Bums. Yeah. bum. Christopher Nolan, you're a bum. But, I mean, look, it happens to everybody in every industry, right? You have a, you have a, a time where you, you dominate and then you eventually fall off in some way, shape, or form. Whether you're an athlete, whether you're a pastry chef. It just
0: happens, right? I think, though, the, part of the problem with Christopher Nolan, though, as a human being and <laughs> we living in the world we do, where it's very heavily focused on media, the comments that he has made, they're going to live with him and be there for the remainder of his career. So yeah, but he's Christopher Nolan. He is already, He is basically like this movie, how it came out, how it's being perceived, the pandemic. He is, you know, multi. He's a number of steps backwards now. Yeah. Um. And whenever his next film comes out, it is going to be so harshly and looked at with a fine. Let me ask this microscope question, or whatever that. Term, I can't come up with these fucking phrases. Fine tooth comb. Let me sure. Let me ask this question though. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, has he actually faced the backlash? That he deserves. No. Because he from us, he has. Mm-hmm. We've bashed him every time. I don't get the sense that people are hating on him as much as you think they are. Uh I don't think it's Which means then the backlash for his next movie isn't gonna be there. It's 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 you if it's the film critics. Yeah, right? I'm not seeing it. They I mean it's some of the how certain articles are presenting him mm-hmm. or portraying him, and then also his comments and everything he's being saying against Warner Brothers. Okay. Um, it's a big he's had he's basically he's Picking a fight with Hollywood
1: as a whole, which is never a bad thing. Also, here's it just the other, Changes things up. And here's the other thing. We've talked about this on this podcast. The film industry is going to be very different. And yeah. think about it, his movies have become more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. They've become bigger, bigger budget. These big theatrical pieces that need the theater to get the full experience. And I think if there's one thing people can agree about with Tenet, it would be best seen on a big screen. Right? Yeah. Um. Does he, you know, if he continues to put out that type of movie that he's now used to have been, he's been making for the last 15 plus years where it's this big cinema spectacle, uh, he needs to potentially change his style. His style might not fit the times in a year or two. Go because, back to making
0: like Memento style films. Yeah. Those are interesting. They are simple to make. They have a very cool and impactful like concept. Those are the types of films that I like. They, those are the ones that you leave and you're like, whoa right? A tenon is like pompous. The problem is, you only have so many good ideas in your brain, and then you use them all up, and you never and, see and them. And collaborate, he might he might collaborate with other individuals then. Why? Go back and work his with his your brother. brother. He's a pompous ass. Well, there you, we go. You then. said it. Not pompous. Me. Your words. Pompous. Okay. Your word. Speaking about pompous things, John uh, Favreau. Huh? <laughs> Our last piece right here. Oh. Uh, I wouldn't call. What the hell is this? This is our Was It News. Uh, John Favreau, um, executive producer slash creator of Mandalorian, went on Good Morning America, a television show where they say good morning to America. Synergy. And then have other people. It's an uh, ABC-produced morning talk show thing. Anyway, he was on there this morning and finally kind of gave us uh, some details on the big ending to season two of the Mandalorian. I have, you know, real quick spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet, stop listening. Um, here we go. Uh, at the end of season two of the Mandalorian, we Ray is
1: revealed as Palpatine's granddaughter.
0: We see Boba Fett and Fennec go into Jabba's palace, um, shoot Fat Boy Bib in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he may not be dead. We don't know. We, don't we, need, was, we
1: need his spinoff. We it, need a Bib Fortuna spinoff. It, it was it. Twilight Jabba the Hutt.
0: And then uh, Boba sit, takes the throne and then a title screen pops up that says the book of Boba Fett or it says he will return in the book of Boba Fett in something. December,
1: 2021.
0: And then rumors started flying out that this was the going to be the season three that uh, Pedro Pascal needed a break that all these other things, but John Favreau revealed that no Boba Fett, uh, the book of Boba Fett is actually a spinoff that is going to come out around December, 2021. And then afterwards, in 2022, it sounds like, is when you'll get your Mandalorian Season 3. So the series will not be running concurrently. Thank God. It will be one, then the other. This also obviously allows for a little bit of a time skip ahead uh, for the Mando and And for Grogu. It gives Pedro a break.
1: And it gives Pedro a nice (laughs) break, yeah.
0: Well, not that much of a break if it's going right after. No, 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 I would imagine the next, like, six months they'll uh, pick up filming.
1: Yeah, it, it, they haven't, like, it's not even, it's in pre-production, but it's not in production. While he said, I think, it's in, on GMA, The Book of Boba Fett is in, in production, production right yeah. now. So it, it's going to be, it could be another year. Like, it, it could well, not, we might not get see the traditional season three of Mandalorian for another until year. December of 2022 or, like, fall of 2022. And
0: it's interesting, um, speaking, I don't know if pompous is the right word, but it is kind <laughs> of, Fascinating to see that John, Fav- you obviously the week before at the Disney investor call, they released and announced all the spinoffs under the sun. And obviously, we did not see the book of Boba. And uh, John Favreau was talking and saying how Kathleen uh, let them. Uh, hold that secret so that you could experience and see it in the show, which is great. That I, think uh, it's fantastic. I I love when we get like actual good, you know, secrets kept from us like this and then they're revealed. I think that's great. But I was, I'm wondering though, was that actually like Kathleen Kennedy being
1: like, yeah, that makes sense. Or was that Jon Favreau being like, do it or else? Uh, you know what? If I had to read into it, I bet he's upset that things like bo and Ahsoka and some of the other cool reveals of season two. Yeah. Got, R- basically ruined wrecked um yeah over the summer because like there was a ton of information that came out and i think he even said it in the, the gma the interview, where it's just like that's cool because think about how much more impactful it would have been if you just turn on episode five of season two and then you just see ahsoka and you're like what the what fuck the, yeah you know what yeah. i mean versus like in. oh, oh we God. all know rosario dawson's playing right. ahsoka at least like the the fans that have like been plugged in or whatever yeah um so i i think I think it's nice that they at least got one little secret in there. Luke Skywalker
0: surprise too, I think was another one that That was nice. That was a nice one. That, that was really nice. Only if only because they did a, there were so many casting leaks for this sure. for this season, right? Yeah. So the fact that they kept maybe the most impactful one, at least for some people, people like me, nerds. Yep. Uh or, you know, who are fans of the original.
1: Um, you know, I thought that was great and well done.
0: Props to uh, everyone.
1: As, as uh, John Favreau hum- humorously said, um, all of these shows take place in the Mandalorian uh, post Return of the Jedi, which is a movie. <laughs> he did say that in the interview. which Wait, is great. I don't get it. He just
0: the way he said it was <laughs> like, so yes, funny. we know that it's a movie. I don't oh, know why he's you're. Just, telling he's it. He was just
1: like, yeah. He's like the Mandalorian, which takes place post Return of the Jedi. Then there's a pause, and he's like which is a movie. It could be for the new fans <laughs> yeah, that people I mean, are picking up stars. They may not know oh, what like return of Ro- the Jedi Ro-Gou, is
0: Ro-Gou fans. Yeah. Like, because the, the yeah, beautiful thing with it, yeah, yeah, they, this is their first exposure to star Wars. Yeah. So it's very possible. Yeah. The people watching that interview are like, yeah, I don't know what return of the Jedi is. So it yeah. could be, it could be, maybe he had a producer or someone in his ear being like, Hey, you guys say it's <laughs> a film. Yeah. Like we, we, we don't want to confuse the audience. They may think it's, it's a book or a game or whatever. Uh, I mean, I mean, lover, lover,
1: hate Mandalorian. Uh, who they, hates it? They have they have done I don't hate it. No, they June have said done. It was good. They have done I loved it. a good <laughs> job of creating new fans through the Mandalorian. That's per, a good point. Much better, I would what? say. <laughs> I would argue than the the sequel trilogy. Uh, the sequel 100%. trilogy I don't think generated a ton of new fans. No. Hey, hey, no, hey. It, made, it made the old fans hate, the, hate <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. No, it did
0: a good job of creating a whole bunch of memes. So, yes, that's a thing. No, so that, uh, that, and I think we talked a lot about that last season, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that is how TV shows are consumed now. And, in fact, and, uh, and it's unfortunate, but every writer's room is going to have to have uh, a Twitter expert or, you know, a memeologist Someone who's like, all right, when they're storyboarding, like, all right, we make sure we got the we got we got some well, I'm on Twitter right now. These look like images that have been trending the last couple right. of months. We're gonna make sure in storyboarding plan this shot, this shot, and this shot. This could be highly good chance to go meme. You know, and we got an army of interns out there to,
1: to make it happen after we're done. Why why have shows like The Office and SpongeBob SquarePants persevered? Memes, Memes. Gifs. Is SpongeBob still going? SpongeBob is still going, but it's actually, there's actually a fascinating article, I forget which website has it, that talks about the Memologies. idea and the, like, around SpongeBob, and mm-hmm. how all the memes are just from the first three seasons, and, like, universally, the first three seasons three seasons are considered, like, extremely well done, and then everything after that is just kind of considered shit. Um, fascinating read. Fascinating, like, study of, like, the show and how it all changed when, like, Steven Hillenburg, the creator, just departed from the creative uh standpoint it didn't really have that like smartness to it anymore where it was just this balance of like adult humor and kid humor and it just all became kid humor. So, yeah, nice, nice. Pretty
0: cool. Uh by the way, uh, we need a copyright that memologist.
1: Memologist? Yeah. I don't think that's I a, don't I think Oh it'll be a thing. I I'm think that's saying. already a word. No it can't be. Yes. Yeah. It's a uh, it's, it's a type of fuck. scientist that he studies he takes memes. memes, he prints them out Study- on paper. It's like anthropology puts them in a cauldron, pours some hot water on and uh, makes a concoction called uh, um,
0: meme soup. Meme soup. Meme soup. There we go. And I think that's going to wrap it for us, guys. Real quick before we end the show, want to give a shout out to the ConCon's Con Can, Con Cantina podcast. Yeah, uh, They were the winner of one of our giveaways. And they actually hooked us up with some really awesome stickers. Um, just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely give them a listen. I believe they're on every single major. Um, podcast platforms such as Spotify, iTunes, et cetera. So definitely give them a listen. Uh, and as always, you can find us on Twitter at was it good on Instagram at was it good BTM. The podcast is recorded live on Monday and Fridays for you to jump in and yell at
1: us. You can find that on twitch.tv slash was it good. You should also find us on YouTube. Um, if we we are trying to get to a hundred subscribers so we can have a unique URL YouTube.com slash was it good?
0: Yes, because then I can add that. Yes.
1: And not, you know, YouTube.com slash zyk
0: 2434596 That's surprisingly
1: uh, very close to what it actually is. I
0: think I memorized like the first three just or <laughs> yeah. what, yeah. Anyway, wow. thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you not this Friday, but this Saturday. Uh, we are going to be doing a Wonder Woman uh, pod. So tune in. Goodbye.